everybody. Welcome back to Greymouth and Lane's newest Patreon episode. I am thrilled to be joined by my new-ish friend, uh, the incredible writer and uh, talented creator and metalhead as well, uh, Marcus Onnaso. Marcus On, how are you? I'm doing good. I horns up. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> uh, Marcuson is the uh, writer of uh, multiple series. The one that I have read is By the Horns. Uh, tell us about By the Horns, Marcuson. Yeah, By the Horns is a fantasy sci-fi comic. It's coming out from uh, Scout Comics right now. And it's about a hunter named Elodie whose husband is trampled by unicorns. And so she swears revenge against all the unicorns on the continent. But the problem is that she can't really find unicorns as they're elusive creatures. Um, she gets kicked out of her village and then ends up discovering um, that there's an even greater threat out there than than unicorns. And so her and her half pony, half wolf friend, Sajin, um, they uh, have to team up with some unicorns to fight these evil wizards who are extracting all the magic from the creatures on the continent of Salathus. So it's about a, a woman who um, she suffers a loss and she doesn't know how to deal with it. She does it proactively, uh, but she's also kind of got to find herself uh, throughout the series. So it's coming out now. The first series was eight issues. And um, then we have a follow-up called By the Horns Dark Earth. And uh, the fifth issue just came out. And it's going to be 12 issues. So we're planning a long form series with it, but it's been an absolute blast. I got uh, Jason Muir is the artist uh, who worked on my first series with me and my buddy. And, um, you know, we just uh, we're having really a lot of fun with it. After reading your book, I uh, I reached out to Jason. He's going to come on as a guest on the pod in a, in a few episodes. I'm excited. Oh, to nice. He loves X-Men, so. Yeah, we we established that connection. Uh, By the Horns is wonderful. I don't check out indie books as often as I should because I am reading so many Marvel books every month that uh, <laughs> reading extra can be tricky. Mm -hmm. but it's so great. I've shared it with my kids. I love uh, I love fantasy. I love beautiful art. Uh, the the characters that you have in your book. Uh, have so much heart to them. Sajin is my favorite, which I think is probably a lot of people's experiences. But I love that you get to see a powerful, uh, uh, angry woman who takes no shit and can fight any threat, but is still has areas where she's vulnerable, but also just hard as a rock at the same time. It's it's great yeah. stuff, man. And your your wizards are nuts. <laughs> <It's> like crazy <laughs> giant beasts in the sky. It's yeah, they're all based so on good. different uh, gods from 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 different mythologies which is cool. Um, so that was fun to play with. And then of course, Jason interprets those and I have ideas. And so we kind of changed them around, but I'm really, I really appreciate you saying that about Elodie. Cause I've gotten a lot of messages, especially from women about how I write Elodie. And they really like that because, you know, a lot of times you see female characters with the swords in there. They're just basically written as stereotypical men type characters. They don't have, the levels of uh, complexity and, a, and an emotional resonance that I, that the women that I know in my life really have that really care about people um, and are willing to share um, what they're going through. You know, a man might, you know, stereotypically what might ignore, um, you know, what's going on, the people around them 
Um, in my first book, it's like that with uh, Nate and, and Voracious. He's so set on just trying to forget the past and um, he ignores how he's affecting other people around him. And Elodie, you know, she just kind of wears her heart on her sleeve. She's a very different um, type character. So I didn't realize I was writing her more uh, womanly in quotes, but, um, you know, and I'm glad that I didn't realize that because it means subconsciously I must be listening to the women in my life. I must be kind of understanding the differences between uh, between men and women uh, when I'm writing characters. And it's just something that comes out. Well, and she's rigid, but also willing to change once she once once a hard path has been proven. Uh, this is spoilers for the first arc, but she's dead set to destroy unicorns until she meets a couple that she's very reluctant to like, but over time learns that they're her allies. Uh, I'm excited. I haven't read the second volume yet, but I've seen it in my comic shop. So I'm planning on adding it to my box and I really look forward to it. Uh, you have converted a fan and a friend out of me. It's a, it's a great <laughs> solid read. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, uh, I think it's a big deal to not only have an indie book uh, at all, of course, but to have a second volume and to get another 12 issues. It shows me how well people are responding. Uh, you're doing great stuff, man. I'm, I'm super excited to know you. Thank you. I've been wondering since we first met, where does your name come from? Oh, well, it's an interesting story, actually. So I'm named after my grandfather, whose name was Marcusan, and he was born in Indonesia. Um, he lived in the, the jungles of Indonesia, though. And um, when he was born, his name was Duhalem. But when he was a kid, he was always getting sick. And so his parents, they brought him to the medicine man because where they lived, they didn't have any doctors. They didn't have any technology or anything like that. It was literally like huts in a village. So they brought him to the medicine man and, and the medicine man said to his parents, the reason that your son's sick all the time is because his name is too heavy. And so they changed his name to a lighter one, I guess, which is Marcusan, which is not an Indonesian name, um, but I don't know where it came from. The only thing I can kind of figure is uh, uh, maybe it came from the Marquesas Islands because there were a lot of like missionaries and uh, people who came to Indonesia to try to convert and uh, Marquesas was like a, a big part of that. But um, sure. Really yeah. Know, yeah. I don't really know where it came from. But after that, my grandfather wasn't sick for a long time. Um, he passed away many years ago now, but, um, you know, he immigrated to America. And then what's funny, too, is uh, my last name is also made up. <laughs> um, my grandfather didn't have a last name. They didn't have last names in Indonesia. They just had first names. So when he came to America and started making a life, he met my grandmother and uh, they decided they were going to get married. And my grandmother said, well, um, I need a last name. That's what we do over here. We, we take last names. My grandfather's like, I don't have one. And my grandmother said, okay, well, what was your father's name? And my grandfather's father's name was NASA, but my grandmother didn't want to be named after the space center. So she changed the A to an O. Okay. <laughs> that's a great that's a great origin story my friend that's phenomenal <laughs> yeah, yeah i uh i i am fascinated by you i look forward to having you back on the show multiple times so i could get to know this enigmatic complex person i think you're <laughs> i think you're fascinating i told you in the first podcast we had i'm like you're the unicorn guy and the metalhead guy and i'm already like hmm but every, the more time we spend together like the more the more i am seeing you uh kind of flesh out and, and i'm layered it's great. I love the layers. <laughs> well, I'm happy to come back anytime. I've had a blast coming on this show. 
So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this one and whatever else you got, man. I uh, I will keep inviting you. I uh, I have some crazy cool stuff. Let's talk when we're done. I'll find a, a spot to put you in on. Uh, we need to have you on a trial sometime too. If you haven't heard the trials, they're the most fun we have on the podcast, which is uh, delightful. We'll we'll like talk. Putting about. characters on trial. Yeah, we we take fictional characters. I review their entire history, and then we have a, a mock jury assembled. Everyone's responsible for reviewing a section of their history, and then writing up a prosecution and defense for that section of their history. So, so do you have a gavel for that? I don't have a gavel, but in the you need art, to get a gavel. gavel. <laughs> I'm not to wear a suit for that, but just the top half, not the bottom half. The last one, the last one we did, the characters Mastermind and Mesmero. This weekend, I'm recording Havoc. So, uh, and I'm preparing for Banshee, which is going to be the one after that. So we do it once a month. It's a great time. We'll uh, we'll nice. talk. It's, it's fun. All right. Uh, so we were talking characters for this Patreon, the criteria being either obscure or supporting characters. The episode before yours, I get to do the Ungarai demons with uh, with uh, Ariana Mar. The one after yours is going to be Wallflower from the new X-Men with uh, Tristan Palmgren. But you, uh, I tossed about a dozen suggestions your way, and you responded with, we should do Ice Cream, the <laughs> E-Y-E, E-Y-E space S-C-R-E-A-M. And I'm like, well, he's a little too obscure, but how about Obnoxio the Cloud, which is where we landed? Let me. That's <laughs> oh, where hear... Ice Cream debuts, too. <laughs> let me hear about your connection to Ice Cream and Obnoxio the Cloud. Most people have not ever fucking heard of these guys in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of a connection I've had. I just always remember that character. And, uh, <laughs> we're doing Obnoxio. And to be honest, before we decided to do it, I didn't remember a lot about Obnoxio, except for that one issue where Ice Cream debuted. In Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men, which is the mm -hmm. weirdest, most obscure X-Men comic perhaps of all time. And that's saying something because there's been some weird shit over the years. Right. And I just had that as a kid. And I was like, this is the, just so bizarre. But there's a character who can turn himself into ice cream, different flavors of ice cream, which isn't explained why or what they do. Um, Except he's, he's dressed in like head to toe leather and he turns into ice cream. It's the stupidest yeah. fucking character I've ever thought of. It's so dumb. And you don't even know why. I don't even think they give a reason for why he's trying to get it back at the X-Men. He just, I don't, I think he feels inadequate as a mutant or something. But um, yeah, so I just, that character has always kind of been in my my head as like, oh, that's one of the weirdest mutants that have ever been. And so when you brought that up, I don't know, it just popped into my head. So, so I didn't even think about Obnoxio because I don't think of him as a villain. I just I just think of him as like a cartoon, you know. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the Marvel handbook guy. I'm the guy that likes to do the research. Uh, this is not a character I've ever given a second thought to. I have Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men number one. I haven't read it in over 20 years until this. And I try to send out <laughs> detailed sorry. notes and like do a lot of research. And by the way, I have some surprises for you today. I, I did some additional research after you and I did our prep that uh, just even just today, I'm like, oh, there's more that I didn't even know. Uh, this character is created uh, by Alan Kupperberg, who died in 2015 at the age of 62. He did a bunch of Marvel stuff, Invaders, uh, Defenders. He's part of Neil Adams' famous Crusty uh, uh, Bunkers team. We've talked about them on the pod before. Uh, he's mostly remembered for Obnoxio the Clown, which is weird. But he did a bunch of Spider-Man work. Uh, he, like He drew the adventure of like, Peter Parker and Mary Jane on their honeymoon. He did some Spider-Ham stuff. 
he's he's an interesting fellow. I don't know a ton about him, but this isn't a mm-hmm. this is Alan Kupperberg who his hands are all over this guy. Let's um let's start with Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men number one. And then we'll get into Obnoxio's prehistory after that. Is that, a, that an okay place to begin? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to know your thoughts on clowns in general, but maybe we should save this for later. No, we can start with clowns. I uh, I think clowns are strange. I don't necessarily have an insane fear of clowns like a lot of people do, but I get why the fear is there. When I was growing up, I had a... Uh, a kind of romanticized view of the circus, which as an adult now, like with animal cruelty and like all that shit, I'm not a big fan anymore, but uh, I had this idea. And one of the first comic books I ever wrote actually, which was never published, but I wrote a whole book uh, is called The Tales of the Railroad Circus, which I, I fleshed out this entire kind of cartoony cast of characters. It was like in 1899, like, circus slash freak show that went from town to town performing and it was it was this stories I wrote about the bearded lady and the alligator man and the trapeze artists and some of my all-time favorite Marvel villains are the 60s camp villains uh the circus of crime uh mm-hmm. but the clown on that team is probably my least favorite member <laughs> <laughs> then you get into like the, I remember know, that and, team from uh, the Hulk because I think Joe Casey wrote it for a while and he put put that team in there to fight. They're the crazy. I've got Princess Python on my wall because I think she's amazing. But nice. uh, the the then you get into the scary clowns, people who make clowns scary on purpose. You've got Pennywise from it. Uh, if you've seen American Horror Story Freak Show, that character Twisty, like he's so gross and insane and like such a violent creepy murderer so i'm scared of those guys but i'm not scared of clowns per se uh tell me your thoughts on clowns yeah i don't mind a clown now and again um i i like the creepier clowns um joker is like oh, probably sure. the biggest one right um, that stubby dude from Spawn, who I think is called the clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gross. Um, he like morphs into that giant like alien demon dude or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The violator. I think that's right. That sounds right. Um, you mentioned Pennywise. I loved Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the the movie. Did you ever see that one? I had Jen? not. What? You need to watch that. I should. Alien clowns. They're just disgusting, huge freaks, and uh, they terrorize. A town you have to see. I I, I host a, I host a monthly movie night at my house where we watch cringe movies on purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. That sounds like a cringe movie worthy of. Yeah, watching. yeah, get on it. I can recommend so many more cringe movies for you. We just watched um, Velocipaster last week, and it was I've seen the trailers for that. Oof, yeah. It was it was great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like. I actually, I love Puddles the Clown. You know, who Puddles the Clown. I don't know Puddles. So Puddles is this guy who dresses up as a sad clown and he has this amazing angelic voice and he sings cover songs and he's, he's done um, uh, duets with famous musicians and uh, he's, he's amazing. You see this clown, you're like, what, what is this guy going to do? And then he comes, steps up to the microphone and he's got this golden voice. (laughs) So I love that. So I like clowns. Um, but then I read these Obnoxio stories and I think maybe I'm completely against them. <laughs> yeah, I'm over clouds after Obnoxio. I, but, I grew up, this. so the issue we're going to cover first, it was written in 1983. I was born in 78. So in 83, I was five. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know what channel this was on, but I'm just remembering now. 
on like early mornings. I was like a kid that would like wake up at four or five in the morning. My mom hated it. My kids do that now and I hate it. But uh, there'd be like this guy named Bozo the Clown that was on mm -hmm. early mornings hosting like little kid kind of game show stuff. Uh, and I remember being like, who is this dude? But I thought the games were fun. And then fucking Ronald McDonald has always been creep <laughs> as creepy as fuck, of course. Like, uh... I mean, they're always creepy. The thing with clowns is <laughs> I think they're, you don't trust them because they're in disguise. They deliver these artificial displays of emotion. And so you can't really tell what they're feeling at any time. So it, that's very disconcerting. And, 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 and it's just, I don't trust them at all. And the very first clowns that ever were, were court jesters. And they sure. would make fun of kings and you know royalty. And they were, they were designed to be pranksters, to play tricks and to make fun of everyone and just make people feel uncomfortable. So that's where that comes from. And I, and I feel like every time I see a clown, I, I think of that because I just don't know who is this person behind this makeup? Clowns are meant to be entertainment, obviously. They use silly jokes and sleight of hand and tricks, right? There's the, there's like the 15 guys in one car. There's like a platform underneath the car. The car parks on top of the platform and then you watch clowns climb out. They're accident prone. So like funny things happen. There's the pie in the face and the big shoes and the trip and fall down and the flower that squirts you in the face. But even all of that, it's not funny so much as creepy. Have you ever been to like a Cirque du Soleil show? I've um, never been to Cirque du Soleil. I've I've been to, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the last event that I went. I've been to a circus. So Cirque du Soleil is like, it's become a pretty big franchise. They travel mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of those shows in Vegas that are permanent, but it's it's taken on the original like spectacle of the circus, how it was meant to be without the animal cruelty. And it's like big giant things that like make you go, whoa, and like crazy tricks and stunts. They usually have clowns during their shows. Mm -hmm. And the clowns are like variations. They're not like the famous paint your face with a red nose clowns. They're like, uh, they're like guys that dress in like funny bug costumes or they're meant to be the comic relief. They stumble around and act silly. I saw a live Cirque du Soleil show in Spokane, Washington about seven years ago. And I was on the front row with some friends and the clown in that show, he, again, not a traditional clown, but he called me up on stage and made me perform this like slow motion routine in front of the crowd while he was just using me for comic relief and making mm -hmm. fun of me. And he kept during his routine and the audience would crack up every time, every time I would do something wrong. Cause he wanted me to like do these like mo movements in slow motion. He would take his hat off and whack me with it. Oh. And, and it, it hurt enough to like sting, but not like it didn't hurt, but I was getting pissed off. <laughs> like if you fucking hit me with your hat one more time, fucking clown. It was driving me nuts. I hate it. <laughs> you should just punched him. <laughs> That'd have been good. <laughs> Okay, okay. So 1983, Alan Kupperberg gives us Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men number one. And this is not Obnoxio's first appearance. We'll get into that in just a minute. But this is the famous association with the X-Men. Mm -hmm. On the cover, there's this very creepy clown that looks like he's been sleeping in a Greyhound bus station for weeks. He's got green outfit in red spots, which is awful. There's holes in it. This guy's meant to look like he's homeless. He's like yellow teeth, unkempt hair. This man has not showered in months. Uh, he has gross, like, white eye and mouth makeup, red nose, giant cigar in his mouth, like Groucho Marx style, who's another famous clown, of course. 
uh red tufted hair on the sides of his bald head like one of the three stooges green hat it looks like he has a skull on his hat one of the toe lines on his shoes is popped open so you can see his like toes inside there's a hole in his sock there's a very weird like red impact energy under his feet like he just landed he's cradling the form of an unconscious kitty pride and saying in a speech bubble hiya kids what's yellow and black and don't breathe no more Ooh. On the bottom of the page, written upside down in small letters, it says, a dead school bus, which is the punchline to his terrible, creepy joke. Then he said, then like below the clown, you see Colossus, Angel, Cyclops, Nightcrawl, Wolverine, and Storm. And they're just looking fucking baffled. And then the logo is chaos. It says, Obnoxio the Clown. The letters alternate from green with red spots to orange, every other letter. And there's little small images of Obnoxio in the center of the O on Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men. This this is scary. What do we know about this guy just from this cover? It's so terrifying. Oh, no, he's like the scuzziest looking clown I've ever seen. And he's holding Kitty Pride, who you know, I love as a character. And you're like, oh, no, what is she doing in the arms of this guy? And she's 13 or whatever. I know. <laughs> And I love that little hat because it has a skull and crossbones on it and a cutlass, which is pirate symbolism, which makes no sense for the character at all. So, and the fact that he has this lit cigar in his mouth, Chad, tells me that he had to be smoking before he knocked out Kitty. Well, we don't even know if he knocked out Kitty. He had to be just doing that and they either just picked her up with that lit thing in his mouth or he did something to her because he's not going to light it up after he's already picked her up. It's just so strange this guy's like part oscar the grouch part like yeah. he's meant to gross you out you're supposed mm. to be disgusted and like Mission have you turn a little bit <laughs> what's that thermonuclear destruction beneath his feet too i have no idea what that is but when i first saw it i was like oh this clown's got powers this clown is like taking on all of the x-men because they look like you said baffled they look like they have no clue what the fuck they need to do he, which is perfect for it. He does not have powers. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He has zero powers. Well, he has the power to market himself without any means or money. So, I mean, we got to give him that. So we open the book. This this book should not exist. It's such a weird... No. The fact, oh, it's so weird. Okay, so we open the book. Uh, Obnoxio the Clown is arriving at the X Mansion. Obviously, his name is a play on the word obnoxious. He has a scrap of toilet paper in his hands on which he's written school for gifted youngsters. He's carrying this like travel bag covered in stickers from ports around the world that you can see stickers for like Paris and Calcutta on it. He's stepping in gum and he's talking out loud. And I'm not quite sure what his voice sounds like, but I kind of want to hear you try. Will you give us his speech from the first page where he says, okay, brats? Like, it's, do you, do you, you have that? to do it. Oh my gosh. You have it handy. Uh, let me think. Um, uh, let me see. I may open it up here. I, uh, while you're doing this, I was talking okay. to my kids about Obnoxio this morning. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. And we, we used to watch the Garfield cartoon from the 90s. And there was that the guy, Binky the Clown from Garfield, was like, hey, kids. And I'm like, that's not Obnoxio's voice. He sounds like he sounds like a I, guy that you meet in the bathroom at the bus station. <laughs> yeah, no, he sounds a lot more gruff. He's more like, okay, brats, snap off them TVs. It's time for some serious brain expanding literature i call this little mix of mine something like that and i, I got a little southern in there yeah I, I think if you were to sustain that you would lose your voice very I would. <laughs> and i think he's very much new york he probably has a thick new york accent which i did not succeed in doing 
I took a gulp of coffee as Marcuson began that accent and nearly spit it onto my <laughs> microphone. Uh, so I'm going to read his I'm going to read his speech in my voice because I don't want to try. But it's OK, brats, snap off them TVs. It's time for some serious brain expand and literature. I call this little mix up of mine something slimy this way comes. By the way, if your brain gets too big, tough noogies. This must be der Blaise instead of the place. Uh, he's thinking yeah. to himself entertaining at a kitty's birthday party yeesh to think i gave up my regular wednesday night of shark fishing to give some little girl her tee hees but that weird geezer on the phone offered me enough bucks to make my old pal captain ahab quit dogging moby dick what the fuck is happening <laughs> no this is why I, I i use a southern voice for him because all of this weird uh inflection that they're trying to convey through the dialogue seems southern to me so i don't know he could have but I think maybe because there's some references later in the book to New York and it seemed like maybe, oh, maybe he's got that thick like New York Italian accent or something. I feel like he lives in a cardboard box or like in some restaurant's basement without authorization. Actually, we see his apartment in other places. I know. So I, I thought he, he lived in a box, too. I don't know how this guy I'm baffled by how this guy even gets a job. Like who's calling this guy to come to their house and do anything? This I don't know is, how he's employed. I don't know how he's like part of a magazine. I don't know how he has an apartment. This is page. Kind of this is page one. Yeah. <laughs> Ice cream is like hiding in the background. The cabbie's driving off like, no, I got no tip. And then there's also like a little floating head of Obnoxio in the corner that says, think this will end up in the Library of Congress. The credits blame Larry Hama for his creation. I love Larry Hama. I don't know how involved he was. But this is nuts. So it seems like Xavier's throwing some sort of birthday party for Kitty Pride. He has hired the clown from Crazy Magazine, which we'll get into in a minute. But Cerebro explodes inside and knocks Xavier out because it determines there's a threat nearby. And this threat is apparently ice cream. You're meant to think it's obnoxio. But Cerebro explodes. Who knows why? It turns out this mutant ice cream who uh, who is melting himself into the vents of Xavier Mansion... Uh, as at the same time, Obnoxio falls through a trap door in the X-Men's welcome mat. He's blasted out of the room. Like, he blasts out of the room using a seltzer bottle cartridge and a cigar. Then he meets the X-Men and they immediately attack him because there's this growth. Like, I would attack him too if he entered my home. I would grab whatever was handy and just beat him over the head. He pulls out a unicycle from his bag and starts moving, which causes Cyclops and Wolverine to crash into each other. He hits Colossus with an electric hand buzzer and then he tosses sneezing powder at nightcrawler we're like on page three at this point and this, <laughs> this is where we are in this story oh it's so bizarre the whole running commentary that he has is really weird so he basically knows everything that's happening so he's kind of like this omniscient narrator except he doesn't always narrate he just makes fun of stuff which is really bizarre um and the dialogue is just brutal throughout the book Cyclops says something like, if this is an attack, the X-Men will be ready and waiting. Except clearly they aren't ready for anything in this comic book. <laughs> so Ice Cream's motivation seems to be that he's pissed at the X-Men because they have powers that are better than his. And his power, his mutant power, is to turn into any flavor ice cream. There was a few years back, this is like seven or eight years ago, I was playing a Facebook game that was called Marvel Avengers Alliance. And they would update new characters in the game regularly and they had like this mm. backstory and there was this secret organization that was going around killing obscure characters and one of the characters they killed you log in and it's like 
the the this i can't even remember the group's name but they've murdered the character they've murdered ice cream we have to stop them before they kill anyone else <laughs> that, <laughs> they, this this company brought ice cream in i've never heard oh, him nice. reference anywhere besides that well i was glad to have his introduction because he's the real star here on page three <laughs> right this is this is why we're doing this because of my love for ice cream my irrational love but he has the exact same outfit as cyclops minus the yellow bits yes and he can melt in his his shit into strawberry ice cream he doesn't that seem apparently it's strawberry i don't know it could be cherry i guess it could be it but what could i love butter brittle. I love, <laughs> well it's pink but i love uh that he can get into the basement storm window that is actually designed for keeping liquid out so no cyclops you were definitely not ready and you did a shitty job ensuring the mansion doesn't flood you should have been ready for the guy that can melt himself into ice cream. We also get a note that he's wearing an unstable molecule freezing unit on his chest to keep him from just melting away. So apparently this guy can just melt into the sun and then like he will just die forever, which is fine with me. There's a new mutant on Krakoa that's kind of obscure that that people call soft serve, whose power mm. is to like make delicious ice cream. So we don't need ice cream on the island. We have soft serve now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So Ice Cream sneaks into the danger room and he like activates the deadliest scenario to try to kill the X-Men. But Obnoxio's in there too. And Obnoxio- well, wait, We gotta go back. We gotta go oh, back okay, for okay. a second chat. Yeah, please. Because first of all, Obnoxio goes to the door and shit goes down. Somehow Ice Cream like gets inside the mansion. Because again, <laughs> there's no alarm system there. But the X-Men had the foresight to install a trap door at the mansion entrance. So they don't want to secure any of the windows that have much easier access, but they're going to have a trap door. And Obnoxio goes down to that trap door and he's in this room, apparently with air conditioning. It's so... <laughs> I really hate this. <laughs> it's crazy. This, and the sound effects, every time he moves, you get sounds like frump. Oh, I love that part, though. Uh, ice cream like melts himself under the door just okay i'm gonna cover the danger room stuff quickly and then let me hear your commentary on whatever you would like to talk about but this is this is what abdoxio's like powers are even though he doesn't have any powers so these devices are being activated abdoxio uses a seltzer bottle to put out the flamethrowers and these are all in his bag he throws whipped cream pies at the laser beams the room starts filling with water and he survives by inflating a rubber chicken around his head. Then Xavier discovers <laughs> ice cream and he lowers the temperature in the control room, which then causes ice cream to overfreeze. And then Obnoxio puts a cherry bomb on ice cream's head, squirts a flower in Kitty's face and kind of storms out. And that's I'm, I'm over summarizing here. Like it, it's it's nonsense. And the art is wacky and bizarre. Obnoxio calls Xavier like an old geezer a bunch of times, and he like makes fun of the X-Men's code names. He once refers to himself as a dead-eyed Dick Tracy Hepburn, which is, what is that called where you like mix categories up? Because you've got dead-eyed Dick, and then Dick Tracy, and then Tracy Hepburn, and he's just like combining those. (laughs) That's like a category on Wheel of Fortune, where they'll be like... Uh, you gotta like mix. Uh, it's like uh, like the phrase will be like Vanna White Christmas, and it's like mixing to anyway. I don't know. I can't remember the term for that. He refers to Max Sennett, who's like an old actor that calls himself the king of comedies, the guy that founded the Keystone Cops. He wishes for a Dutch brat at one point. I had to research all these terms. A Dutch brat is a kind of sausage. 
He once says that he has one chance to cop an Oscar. I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, and after hearing Xavier in his mind, he reflects on hearing voices regularly. So this man is is insane. And on his way out, he tells the X-Men to hire the Sugar Babies cast instead. And this is an obscure reference to an old Broadway burlesque show from the 80s. And he tells Ice Cream he should get a job at Baskin Robbins, which was the funniest moment of the whole book for me. Uh, that's the summary of the book, like very quickly. Let me hear your thoughts on Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just a crazy reading it now. It's insane. Like, I don't know how it got made. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with this character. The page where he MacGyvers his way out of the trap door was ridiculous. I didn't expect with the, that. With the rubber chicken. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I like the front. You brought that up. I love that he, he explodes the wall. And the sound effect is from. It's like so perfect for him. Um, everything about this was crazy. I love Ice Cream. Every time he's he's in or he's on a page or panel, it gets better because he says stuff like, "All will soon gape in awe at Ice Cream, the man who can turn into any flavor ice cream he desires." He actually oh. says that out loud. So yeah, I liked it. I read this book thinking uh, at some point, and even the second time because I did read it when I was a kid. But coming back to it, I read it thinking at some point Obnoxia would turn out to be a mutant so we could actually make some kind of sense in an X-Men book. But I also thought maybe it would give him a sort of purpose or backstory and we don't get any of that. I was thinking maybe he has a mutant power for tricks and he he reluctantly became a clown in order to make money because he could use those powers. And then that ability would be so good that no one would care about his horrible appearance and then he's just bitter and then he thought he could be more than that you know but what we get is this drunken slob disaster who somehow is employed and has a magazine and uh, i know it's all fiction but i just thought maybe we would get something anything where we would give a shit about him or just some understanding about why he is the way he is I, uh, this is spoilers for later in the episode, but I have a surprise for you. I have Obnoxio's origin story. <laughs> well, I, is it that one? I, I have it in found it. comics. I found it. We'll get there in a minute. <laughs> oh, like the origin of, from the creators? No, like his actual origin story. Oh, it's, I have, I have that. It's like in one of the issues. It's in one of, it's in one of the crazy magazines. Did you find it? I was so pleased. I with have that. all of them. I have all of them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found it, uh, but you know, we'll get to it, but I, None of that's real, though. No, no, no. Of course, of course. <laughs> I I hate this comic book, and I don't say that often. I love obscure. I love the like the nostalgia factor, but I hate uh -huh. this. Like he's he's so gross. So let's pause for a moment and talk about Crazy Magazine. Every, a lot of people know Mad Magazine, which is like Alfred E. Newman. It's I think it's still running. It, it was a hugely funny thing, like in the eighties. It's kind of like Saturday Night Live humor where like mm -hmm. through art and picture and parody, you're getting like commentaries on modern movies. The The point of things is to like gross you out and just be terrible. This is like the era of, I, I, I'm an 80s kid. I think I'm older than you, but I'm an 80s kid. And like this is like where people would buy garbage pail kids. And it's like just gross, disgusting photos. Like you're collecting these cards and trading. I got, I got those. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I might be the same age as you. I just I'm 43. Know. How old are you? I'm 47. 
Oh, we're okay. So we're from the same era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Crazy Magazine was Marvel's attempt at Mad Magazine, and it, it's called the magazine that dares to be dumb. I did not collect this. I I own I own and have read almost everything from Marvel, but I've never bothered with Crazy Magazine because there's just no point. Marvel had a few other books like this called things like What the and mm-hmm. uh, like a few others that are just like. Bruh. Uh, I read like four or five issues of Crazy Magazine in prep for this episode and was constantly like, Bleh. <laughs> these are awful. <laughs> no, I didn't even know it existed until we started doing research for this. Because even though I had the uh, Obnoxio versus the X-Men, I, I, and they talk about the magazine a little bit, I didn't put that together. I never read it when I was a kid. I didn't know anything about it and I didn't bother. Well, I flipped through it and I was like, I don't think I'm going to read any of these. I'm just going to look at the obnoxious appearances in them. So good for you to actually go and read parts of those. Did you order crazy magazine issues? No, no. Got- I just, I have all the digital. Uh, oh, you got them online. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are old books. So Obnoxio the Clown, they created this like extra disgusting character uh, in like 1980. I don't even know the full history here because I I refuse to read every issue of Crazy Bags. I just can't. But he often appears on the cover and a lot of the magazines just had like one little issue or one page things where he'll be like answering letters or there'll be some stupid story about him. And And then like... I think somewhere along the way, they wanted to give this character some focus. Like Alan Kupperberg had a fever dream one night after too much LSD. <laughs> I was like, we should do an X-Men. Cause this is like the height of X-Men popularity. Like early eighties, Claremont's like rocking it with the with the stories. This is like post Dark right, Phoenix. Right. Uh, the, I think he just had this idea, like let's do something crazy here. And, and I don't know, uh, tell me your experience like looking through crazy magazines. Um, well, I mean, yeah, well, crazy. I looked at crazy magazine 65 and, and crazy magazine 87. So I guess I'll talk about 60. Oh, you, so you found the origin story. Cause 87 is the one with the origin. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll <laughs> talk about 65 first. Cause it came out earlier. And, um, so on that first page, we learned <laughs> Abaxio is running for president and he wants your vote. So we got a breakdown of his platform, which is full of misogyny, <laughs> body shaming, and just stupidity and and most of the stuff in there is completely hypocritical too because he calls for this fat tax but he is fat he wants to rename countries whose name whose names he thinks are dumb but he calls himself obnoxio so enough said on that but what i will say is that his tagline in there is pretty on the money and it's you're going to end up with a clown anyway so why not vote for one so and then and then and then there's not a lot of him in this uh, this magazine. He shows up on pages forty to forty one. They're the fun pages, which come up again in some of the other issues. These fun pages, and they're basically just weird games and anecdotes from him. Um, in sixty five, we get these cut out bully costumes that you could you, you can cut out costumes and put them on a bully for some reason. There's peanut butter sculpting. There's vermin watching. There's how to write in Russian. You could tell it's in the eighties because there's stuff with commies and, and all it's, that. It's 1980. Like the center yeah, yeah. is just turning. And this, by the way, 65 is Obnoxio's first appearance. That's the first okay. time he ever showed up. So it's number 65 of this magazine. They created this guy and then yeah. put him on the cover after that. And all the activities, they're just the opposite of fun. They called it's called fun pages, but they're not very fun and they're not very funny. But on the back cover, 
cover, the inside back cover, we get this straw poll for Obnoxio's candidacy for president. And I think, Chad, right now, we should give our answers to this fucking thing. I'm ready. Break it out, because uh, I think we need to do it. I'm ready. Start okay. me out. All right, hold on a second. Let me open this thing. Yeah, yeah, I got to pull mine open, too. Yeah, because I haven't even looked at it, but I was like, I remember I looking at it one time. I was like, we, we should just answer these, because I bet we could. Oh, all, all of this stuff is... <laughs> oh, it's really bad. Um, here we go. Okay, here we go. So, Obnoxio the Clown for Prez, straw poll contest. Okay, listen up, because I'm only going to say this once. And then there's, like, instructions. You could put your name and address. You can mail entries. I don't... It seemed like it's a real address for Marvel Comics. You could actually mail stuff in if you want. What's the address? It is Crazy Magazine, care of Marvel Comics Group, 575 Madison Avenue. Yeah, that was their address at the time. That's the actual... So you could have actually mailed the shit in. I don't know if they ever did anything with it, because... You'd think they would have come up in another Obnoxio comic, but I don't think it ever did. So, um, all right. So there's 14 questions on this thing. The first one is, and they're they're all, well, most of them are multiple choice. So the first question, number one, you are a, and then there's boxes for Democrat, Republican, latent communist, non-aligned, abhorocrat, other. What do you say, Chad? I mean, I'm just going to answer seriously and say Democrat. I don't I don't want to yeah. play obnoxious games. Otherwise, he's going to show up in my home and beat me to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm also registered as a Democrat, uh, even though I don't care for political parties. Yeah, all, yeah. But... Me either. All right. So number two, why are you politically aware? Nothing else to do. Why not? I think Walter Cronkite is cute. I'm not. Uh, I think Walter Concrete is cute. That's my answer. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with why not on that one. <laughs> All right. So now number three is not a multiple choice. You actually have to give an answer, and it's what's your favorite rock star? Oh, this is so. This is not multiple choice. You just choose. You just it has a blank line right. In on 1980, it. I probably would have said Cyndi Lauper. Oh wow. Your true colors. Are I had five through. sisters, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cindy Lauper. Um, I'm going to go, man, that's a tough one. I really want to go with Dio, but I think I'm going to go with Prince. Mm. I'm going to go with Prince. All right. Uh, number four. Why would you vote to reelect the president? Checkbox one. His foreign policy. His campaign strategy. His cute smile. He's all moved in and everything. Uh, his campaign strategy. Okay. Uh, frick, I don't even know. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that one too, I guess. I was going to go with foreign policy, but I no. All right. Next one, number five. What do you think of Obnoxio as a candidate? Not much. Good idea. I'll vote for anybody. And who's Obnoxio? Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Although Obnoxio gives me a very like Steve Bannon energy now that I'm thinking about it. 
Oh yeah, that's that makes it worse. Oh man, <laughs> you didn't, I wish you didn't say that. <laughs> all right, all right. Number six. This is another one um, where you just decide on your own. There is no, uh, there's no multiple choice here. Who's your favorite TV star? Uh, in 1980, uh, I think Quantum Leap was later, but Scott Bakula comes to mind. But 1980, I was two, man. Uh, I mean, that's I mean you don't have to go with 1980. You can go with now. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep myself in the early 80s for these answers. I'm gonna go with He Man. I would have said He Man back then. <laughs> he Man. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Who is the voice of the uh, of Optimus Prime? Oh Peter God, Cullen? I have no idea. Peter Cullen? I can't I can't remember now. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, if I was doing the 80s there, but I, 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 looking at these questions, the first thing that comes to mind is like current because we're doing it currently. But uh, so I'm going to go with um, who's my favorite TV star? I'm going to go with Elizabeth Moss. Okay. She's in Handmaid's Tale and she's yep, also yep. in uh, Mad Men. Good stuff. She's a really good actress. I'm a big fan. Um, all right. Uh, if you were president, this is number seven. If you were president, what's the first thing you do? Outlaw school, take up peanut farming, solve the energy crisis and balance the national budget, or ban Crazy Magazine. I mean, I'm going to go with solving the energy crisis, of course, which is the only reasonable answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with take up peanut farming. That sounds interesting. Someone was very bored and wrote this like on a Saturday morning while eating Cheerios. Like, there was no thought put into this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I would normally pick the solve the energy crisis, but as we know, you know, once you get in there, you're not going to be able to do anything because peanut it's, farming it's, may solve the energy crisis at this point. We don't it, know. It, it, it could. Who knows what applications it might have for the country? All right, number eight. This is another one where you have to pick your own choice. So name your favorite sport and favorite sports star uh i don't really do sports much or pay attention literally no one comes to mind mm -hmm. i uh i i like that that gay guy that won the ice skating thing a few years ago i don't remember his name <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if, if I just remember Boitano. I don't even remember his, his first name, but I don't even know if he's gay or not. <laughs> I No, I don't think that was it. I, I think he's like the only skater I know. Four listeners text me who was, or message me, who was the gay ice <laughs> skater that like won the medal? <laughs> that's how that's how little attention I pay to sports, Marcus. Lund. Okay, so would your sport also be ice skating? Then? Yes, we'll go for ice skating, although okay. I don't watch it that much. <laughs> well, I only watch, I really only watch one sport and that's boxing. Uh, it's my favorite. Okay, fair. And um, so uh, Roy Jones Jr. is my favorite boxer. So, uh, and he's also a really good uh, commentator. So I'll go with that. All right, number nine. Are you in favor of the formation of a bilateral Middle Eastern defense alliance? And your multiple choice answers are yes, no, and huh? Huh? That's my answer. Yeah, me too. Don't even know what that means. All right, number 10. Politically... What do you think of Obnoxio? The pits? He's our man. He is not a crook. Morally, all politicians are clowns anyway. Uh, ooh, number A was my first answer, but I'm going to give the fourth one. That's a, that's a surprisingly insightful <laughs> reflection <Yes>. on politics. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm going with that one too. Morally, all politicians are clowns anyway. Yes, going with that one for sure. 
All right. Um, yeah, I think this is weird because it's in the 80s. But like I said, one of the interesting things was his tagline was, you're going to end up with a clown anyway, so why not vote for one? And sure. That's clearly what's still happening now, um, even to a, a, a larger degree, I would say. So um, let's see here. Um, we are on to number 11. And this is another one you have to decide. Name your favorite movie star. Uh, I mean, I don't know that I have a favorite movie star either. I uh, I really like uh, Frances McDormand. That's who comes to mind. Oh, yeah, she's great. I haven't watched the, the one that um, she just did. I can't remember what it's called now. A couple of years ago, it was like up for award and stuff, but I haven't watched it. I've seen it, but I can't remember the name. Uh, Something land, like Farmerland or Uh, Nomadland. Nomadland. That's it. It's an interesting film. That's it. Yep. And then she did uh, three three billboards outside whatever Missouri. That was that was intense too. I mean, I just always remember from Fargo, which is great. Yeah. Yep. Classic. All right, my favorite movie star actually works for the eighties. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love him. I, I love all his movies. Predator, Terminator, True Lies, Commando. Twins. I mean, they're so good. Like, he's not the greatest actor, no. But I'm consistently entertained by all of his movies. One in The Barbarian. Like, I have the sword right there, right behind me. I see the sword. Yeah. And, like, Predator is, like, one of my all-time favorite movies. So, um, yeah, I got to go with that one. It's like what came to mind. Um, all right. So the next one is, um, what do you like most about Obnoxio? <laughs> his domestic policy, his leadership ability, his cigar, or who's Obnoxio? Who's Obnoxio? I'm not giving him the time of day. He's gross. <laughs> I'm going to go with the cigar because, I, like I said on that cover for Obnoxio versus the X-Men, I found it fascinating that he's just got this thing lit and he's holding Kitty Pride and I don't know what happened. He must have already he must have already put that stogie in his mouth and then something else happened. He didn't light it up afterwards. So how did he do that? <laughs> All right. Uh number 13. We got two more here. If you could vote today, who would you vote for? Obnoxio or somebody else? Somebody else. Anybody else. Right? Gross. And this one is the hardest one. Um, we can. It says on a separate sheet of paper, but I think we can do this just verbally. On a separate sheet of paper, in 25 words or less, which is not very many words, tell why you would or would not vote for Obnoxio the Clown in the 1980 election. Uh, I would not vote for Obnoxio the Clown because he's disgusting and creepy. And I feel like if I pulled up any sort of sex offender registry, he's going to be the first person to come up on it. <laughs> yes, I think that's more than 25 words, but I agree with that. <laughs> I would not vote for Obnoxio because he probably smells like fucking decomposing yak ass. That, mm-hmm, that was a very apt description. <laughs> Obnoxio shows up throughout Crazy Magazine in various places. And I'm going to give just a couple examples. So like in like number 66, there's like a two page spread. You mm-hmm. see Obnoxio like at a desk and it says Obnoxio the clown fun page. And like there's little things like there's a... There's a paper doll section for something called Bruno the Bully. Did, did I did I interrupt? Were we done with the quiz? Yeah, that was the quiz. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, 
now that we've filled it out, we can send it in to Marvel. Oh yeah, well, please. <laughs> I'll send. I have Tom Brevoort's email address. I'll forward. Uh, so, uh, so there's like one section that's like cut out paper dolls for Bruno the bully, and it shows like the bully, and it says, uh, "Cut out one of these costumes. For which one is Bruno going to grow up to be? And one is a prisoner, one is a cop, and one is a hockey player, which mm-hmm. is mildly funny that one. And then there's like instructions to how to sculpt your friend out of peanut butter. And then there's like which one's faster, a snail or an old man? And here's like, here's how to write in Russian. And the words that it teaches you to write are communism and nuclear bomb. And then there's like, here's how to identify these different types of bugs. And then like, there's terrible pun jo- punchlines, like just just joke, like punchlines without the joke that's listed. So he has like a bunch of nonsense, really terrible like appearances in Crazy Magazine. And that's that's where he comes from. He's like the guy that was the Crazy Magazine, like... Uh, 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 mascot, I suppose is the right word, or like feature character. But even right, in Crazy, right. he doesn't appear that much. But in number in number eighty seven, and you said you found this one too. Yep, yep. We get a four page story that says the origin of Obnoxio. It says the untold story, and then untold is crossed out, and it says the unwanted story. And I'm just gonna read this out loud. The art is bizarre, just like everything in these magazines was, but. It's worth just the curiosity factor. I'd only found this today. I ordered the magazine. Like, this is the last crazy magazine that arrived. And it just got here yesterday. And I was like, oh, it's so perfect. perfect." He says, Ignacio is holding a bunch of fan mail. He says, you'd think with all the letters coming in here at crazy, there'd be at least one stinking letter requesting the origin of your old pal Ignacio. Out of all that mail, you'd think there'd be at least one of you little jerks that'd be that curious. But are you? No. Well, here it is. Read it and weep. It says it's artist and writer is John Lakey. I have no idea who that is. Uh, there's a whole bunch of imagery I'm not even going to take time to describe it's all clown themed there's a bunch of crazy shit Marvel stuff is worked in uh, Obnoxio says I figured since you dipsticks were too dumb to write you'd probably too backward to read so for you I brought pictures and and, like okay so here's his origin he says (laughs) my mother was and it shows a close-up of like a clown with cleavage who's in chains here that's all you need to know my mother was an escape artist my father must have been a magician because he disappeared just before I was born like a lot of show people, I was born in a trunk. Unfortunately, after the delivery, mom couldn't find the hole in the ice. I never saw her again. Then I was sent to live with my mother's sister in Kansas. I was there as an infant. It was there as an infant that I developed the makeup techniques that I use to this very day. <laughs> I hated Kansas, the farm, my aunt, and my stupid cousin Dorothy, of course, Wizard of Oz reference. Most of all, I hated her little dog Toto. So the day of the big storm, I left forever. I never saw them again. For a time, I found work as a Nebraska state senator. I served two full terms before they found out that I had lied about my age. I was forced to move on. No, no wonder he went ran for president. (laughs) (laughs) I drifted for a while, but I was unable to resist my true calling. I went back to school to be a clown. I graduated 40th in a class of 16. Most of them went on to work with the circus, a few with the rodeo. Some uh, Some became lawyers. I looked for work. I worked as a flop house doorman, but the pay was lousy and the tips were worse. Then I sorted fresh roasted nuts at Bellevue. I moved from one job to another. None seemed to fit. And there's some mildly racist imagery on a lot of these images as people are drawn. The, The grind of commuting to the city finally got to me. I quit working and never saw it again. During the 60s, I dropped out. Things got worse. I was at my wit's end, ready to end it all when the phone rang. It was Stan Lee. We talked and found that we saw eye to eye on almost everything. He offered me a job involving very little pay and no work. I took it. So here I am at my own office here at Marvel. 
And while it ain't exactly a bed of roses, I've been passed over for the editor's job three times. I'd much rather be here on staff at Crazy than out there with you little geeks just trying to read it. We talk, uh, excuse me, and then editor's note. Mr. Clown's personal scrapbook disappeared shortly after this article was completed. The office is, uh, is offering a small reward to any person who finds this book and can give positive proof of its destruction. And there is the origin of Obnoxio the Clown, which is mildly sense-making. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, clearly he's just making shit up in it, but yeah, there's like, maybe there's a, a few tidbits of truth in it, I guess. Uh, obviously it's all fiction but uh yeah i think they tried to make it serious and funny at the same time but yeah it's very bizarre i feel like i don't really know him any better after reading that you know and and they always seem to bring it back to marvel like he's he's got some kind of stake in the company and like people want to keep him around that's why he's part of marvel comics it's really i think funny. Well, it's, we're not going to, so back in, back in Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men number one, there's two more stories. I'm not going to take time to probably cover them in detail. One, he's answering fan letters. The other, he goes in for jury duty and we see his like disgusting apartment and his just crazy antics, like living in New York City. And it's fine. We can kind of bypass. I think we've kind of already covered <laughs> what we need to cover with this guy. But I think at this point, he's become kind of like such an obscure... He's a little bit like, uh, do you know who Forbushman is? No. There's an old obscure, Marvel. Marvel's original kind of weird magazine like crazy was called Foom, F-O-O-M, which stood for Friends of Old Marvel. And their mascot was a guy named Irving Forbush. And Stan Lee would work Irving Forbush into the 60s books on a regular basis. In his commentary, characters would mention him sometime. I got a letter from Irving Forbush. It became like this running joke. And eventually they introduced Irving Forbush, who's like, a superhero with like a red costume and like a little chest emblem like Superman. And he has a like a frying pan on his head with eye holes cut out over mm -hmm. his head. Mm -hmm. And Irving Forbush, this guy, this character Forbush man has appeared in a number of places in Marvel over the years. Just for like the obscure factor of it all, people will work him into a story randomly. He'll show up in Howard the Duck or on like a poster in somebody's room. And Obnoxio the Clown is like a grosser version of Forbush Man, where he just kind of gets used once in a while. People will bring him in for nostalgia reasons, but he's mm. so stupid and so disgusting. Yes. <laughs> did uh, you read some of the letters though? And I wonder if they just make up these letters or did people actually write in? Oh, no, no. These were made up. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, the sense I got, but, but somebody could have written something and just to try to be funny too. I yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe some readers wrote like extra disgusting. If you want to pick a letter out and read it just for like nostalgia, uh, we can, we can pick one or two, but people would write disgusting letters and Obnoxia would give like disgusting answers. Yeah, I mean, the one that stood out to me was in 87 crazy magazine, 87 on page five. Okay. Um, there's a letter from somebody named Kevin in it and um it's pretty crazy he uh so you read you read kevin's letter i'll read obnoxio's response okay yeah and his his response is just... and, and these letters pages are called obnoxio's abuse column by the way right right there's like a take a letter to crazy and then obnoxio has his own little section within that oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. so yeah so it says dear obnoxio listen bozo the first thing I have to say is that your hair looks like pre-chewed spinach. While we're on the topic of your hair, what do you comb it with? A firecracker? Your face reminds me of the time my cat got caught in a lawnmower. 
and your clothes remind me of used Kleenex. Your fun pages are just as funny as dead skin. As a matter of fact, buzzard pus is more fun. Those pages make good fish wrappers, though. What? Face it, Obnoxio. Ronald McDonald is more obnoxious than, than you are. Well, it says that you are, but I think it's supposed to say than you are. Kevin Garrity, Monroe, New York. And uh, fish wrappers. It's like a newspaper you'd wrap dead fish in, right? I think that's oh, the gotcha. reference. Okay. And here's Obnoxio's answer. Uh, he says, that's funny, Kev. It seems like Ronald McReagan's more your type. What happened to you anyway? Seems like your brain got caught in a Cuisinart or something. You're a regular little expert on pus and slime, ain't you? I mean, how do you know how much fun buzzard pus is? You, you sample pus, Kev, huh? You like slimy, gooey stuff like pre-chewed spinach? Does your mom chew your spinach for you? Ain't you got no teeth, does she? How about a mouth? You got a mouth, Kev? Or does she feed you through your nose? I bet you're just a disgusting, weird little pea brain who likes pus and pre-chewed spinach fed through your nose. Why don't you go join your cat in the lawnmower and leave us normal folks alone, huh? Well, how about it, OTC? <laughs> you got a mouth, Kev? What the fuck? It's so ridiculous. Oh, yes. goodness. And then there's a warning underneath. It says, warning, sending letters to this column indicates the sender's willingness to be abused publicly, where all the sender's friends and relatives can see. Yep, right here. And if you don't include your name and address, we won't even consider possibly getting around to look at it. Nope. And then it has a, it, it's here's where to send letters. Maybe this is these maybe were real letters. I don't know. It's 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 hard to tell because uh, it <clears> seems <throat> like it's written in the obnoxio style, just a letter to him. But then again, somebody could pick up on his style. <laughs> I put that in air quotes um, and write a letter like that. So I'm really curious to know if they actually got letters. I guess maybe we need to uh, maybe we need to find the editors. You know, and uh, and and ask them if they ever got letters, if they remember or not. I'll, I hope to interview Larry Hama one day. I'll put it on the list of things to ask him. Oh yeah, I can't even believe Larry Hama edited this. I I grew up reading his GI Joe comics, like, and I his, even bought a and his Wolverine. Hama. Oh, his Wolverine, yeah, it was great. He did a lot of great books. I even have a Larry Hama action figure that came out last year. So I don't know. Seeing his name on that Obnoxio comic just changes things, man. It changes uh, everything. Turn a couple pages. And this is another example of Crazy Magazine. One of their most famous running features was a thing, a, a series called Teen Hulk, which ran for a long time. And here's a here's oh, yeah, a Teen yeah. Hulk adventure written by James Owsley, who goes on to become Christopher Priest or Priest, right. the like famous Black Panther writer. And uh, like it opens with uh, with a girl who's the Toasty Buns girl. And it, it blah, we don't need to go any farther. What I'm getting at is a lot of the older Marvel writers would work in these books or these features because they'd get a page rate. But it's yeah. terrible. Uh, I fucking hate Crazy Magazine. Like, he's like one of my favorite writers, too. His, the first comic I ever got um, and, and when I started collecting, I got comics when I was really young, but I didn't get into the hobby of collecting comics until this book. And it was Batman 431. And um, Jim Owsley wrote it. And um, I love that comic book because the cover on it has this like um, this silhouette of Batman. He's like upside down clinging to a tree. And uh, I love that image. And, and I saw it in a in a bookstore and my mom and I were in the mall and, and I picked that up and then I read the book and it's all about Batman trying to learn this secret technique. I think he's in the Himalayas or, or something like that. And, and Jim Owsley, James Owsley wrote it. So that's the comic that really got me into it because the image drew me in, but it was the story 
that really made me compelled by comic books. So a couple of years ago, he actually came out here to Chicago uh, and went to C2E2 and I was tabling in the same row as he was. And, and so I went to get his signature and I brought him that Batman 431 and he was shocked because that thing came out a long, long time ago in the 80s. And uh, we talked about it a little bit and uh, it was great. He, was, he actually signed, signed it, uh, Jim Owsley instead of Christopher Priest. And I think he just goes by Priest now. He even took the Christopher out. I, yeah, uh, yeah, his yeah, Black Panther run is one of my favorite things of all time. He's amazing. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, so Obnoxio, once Crazy Magazine ends, Obnoxio shows up in the early 90s in, in a regular feature in the magazine, What The? And it's What The? Dash, dash, question mark, exclamation point is the title of this book. It's another version of like Mad Magazine. Let me review one story that kind of stands out. And there's a bunch of them that are really stupid and nonsensical, like the ones we've covered so far. What the number 13, 1991, Alan Kupperberg. We see a team up between Obnoxio the Clown and the Pulverizer, who's a terrible parody of the Punisher. His name is Frank Casket, and that's all you need to know. (laughs) <laughs> uh text blurbs give us stuff about obnoxio's history this this one says he was raised by wild hyenas not so much raised as thrown up and the hyenas referred us to their attorneys for comment uh he struggles with the english language uh blah 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 so okay so in this story he's opening obnoxio the clown's fun land and it's on alcatraz island and uh, when you get into the theme park, I'm not covering the whole story here. You get into the theme park, the attractions include, and this is just the type of nonsense you'd see in Crazy or in What The. The mm. attractions in his theme park include Chernobyl Land, Lebanon Land, which is shown burning, oof, like the racial commentary, Mustard Custard, like a ice cream that's a hut, Lava Land, the Hall of Newts, Meat land, sewer sludge land with diving gear rental, Alf Landon landmark landfill land. Alf Landon was like an oil tycoon who ran for president and lost to FDR. A strip mine land, land sakes land, apocalypse now river raft ride, Afghanistan banana stand, which is kind of fun to say, the barnyard comedy club, the urban mass transit decay land, network TV land, foreign policy coaster land, clam land and a swiss alps ride and outside the entrance you have an immunization center toilet land the ellis island land park entrance and parking lot land which is 17 miles from the uh, entrance there's commentary on mikhail gorbachev on elvis on frank sinatra it blah 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 it goes on all out (laughs) almost everything that shows up is a pun on something you'd see features of noxio dressed as batman or wolverine and they'd have terrible names. He'd team up with characters like the Green Latine, Guy Groner, instead of Green Lantern, Guy Gardner. Or like, uh, uh, I, I, I truly don't need to continue. But there's a bunch of these obnoxious features throughout the what the stuff. Did anything stand out to you in these that you found fun or, or not? Yeah, yeah. Cool? What, I like, what I like about it is they, they've decided that, you know, he doesn't really have an origin. He's just this character who shows up and does stuff. And I like that. It kind of reminds me of um, the dark Knight, where Joker like kind of gives different origins within that movie. And he's kind of like this too. Like, Oh, it's hyenas. You know, before he's like born in a trunk, it's all lies. Like you don't really know what it is. And I, I think they kept that going, but they also keep going this idea that here's this diseased, 
horrible clown, but somehow he gets the uh, means and uh, the ability to start something like an amusement park. Like, how does he get the money for that? You know, who's backing this guy? And that's the thing that's, and we'll see it later. He's got like a hamburger stand and another book where he just kind of pops into the book. He's not even really part of it, but it's like, he's franchising himself. You know, he's, he's able to develop all of these like uh, entrepreneurial efforts and you don't know how, because this guy, you look at him and you're like, he's homeless. This guy lives in a box and yet it keeps coming up. And so this, this, what the, uh, with the pulverizer kind of like crystallized that for me. It's like, oh, they didn't really know what they were going to do with him, but maybe that's the point. It's that he just pops in and he has these adventures and he does these things and you don't need to know how. It's just him. It's just this character who does it. So I like that. And uh, he calls people meatballs in there, which I, but this is, I think this is the one where made me think, oh, maybe he's got the New York accent. Hey, you meatballs, what are you doing over here? You know, get some hamburger buns and, and make a suit to protect yourself from uh, the bullets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's why I think maybe his voice could be like that. <laughs> so you would think that Marvel would be done with this guy, but they keep bringing him back. They just keep doing it over and over again. So they in 2019, they did a one-month revival of Crazy Magazine. The cover shows uh, a giant Obnoxio the Clown holding a pie that has Iron Fist, Ms. Marvel, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Mr. Fantastic, and the thing coming out of it. And it, he's saying out loud, strap on your clown shoes, folks, because it's cobbler in time. Now that joke makes me laugh. Instead of cobbler, it's cobbler. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, there's also images of Forbushman on this cover, as well as Irving Nebish, who's another like crazy magazine guy. Uh, inside, there's this awful story about the grossest team of Avengers that Obnoxio can assemble. Uh, he also shows up in like Ziggy Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal number one in 2019. Uh, recently, just a couple of months ago, David Micheleni used him in Venom Lethal Protector number three. There's You see a reference in universe to uh, Obnoxio Burger, which is like a fast food joint he owns, apparently. My favorite, though, and this was the only one I really enjoyed here, was Deadpool Back in Black number two from 2016. Colin Bunn and Salvador Espin give us a Deadpool story with Obnoxio the Clown in it. Did you find this one, Margazan? This was this was fun. I did, yeah, and I, I agree. I think this is clearly the best incarnation of Obnoxio. And this may be the only like 616 canon appearance of Obnoxio, because I'm not sure Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men counts as a canon. <laughs> really? <laughs> Are you breaking my heart here, Chad? I mean, let's ask Tom Brevoort that question. But th that's true. Then Ice Cream is not canon. And that, that hurts me. So on the cover, there is a drunk Obnoxio carrying a bottle and it's just labeled as not water, which already makes me laugh so hard. The kids from Power Packer here, he's been uh, hired to entertain a, a girl named Francine's birthday party in like a Chuck E. Cheese style restaurant. And he shows up drunk with like a dripping sandwich in his hands. And he says, yeah. he says, well, hello there, kitties. Time for some hilarious hijinks and good natured humor. Obnoxio the clown is here to make you laugh because that's what a bloke like me own self just loves to do. Make kids giggle. Why, there's no sweeter sound than the sound of Rugrats Joy. Set the course the popping of PBR tabs and the unsnapping of a dancing girl's brassiere, which I also call... 
So just this much. The idea of this like drunk, awful clown showing up to entertain the power pack children is delightful. It, it makes, is, yeah. Genuinely makes me laugh. Well, the, the thing of it too is that I think it's the first time they really show him drinking. Like, you know, he's a drunk in all those other comic books, but I don't remember ever seeing a bottle or, or anything like that. They really leaned into it and showed him with actual alcohol. And he, and he, and he name checks PBR, like, you know, so he doesn't like very good beer. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it works really well because it's in a Deadpool comic. And so I think the humor is like his humor is done well it doesn't it's not as dated it's not as random as the other stuff that happens in the obnoxio books but what i really like too and then is that um he actually makes sense more sense in the book and i think it's because it's more modern but also what i like about it is that um there's hints to other adventures so there's a line in there where he says i, I ain't gonna let you aliens abduct me never again so that makes me want to see what happened when he was abducted before He's insane. So, the other part that made me laugh so hard, he mentions to one of the kids that he has to pay alimony and there's an editorial note that says, please reference, and of course this is made up, the obnoxio she-man thing wedding special. Yeah. She-man thing. We need this character in comics. We I know, it's, it's, it's adventures that don't exist that they make up. But I like it too, because it gives obnoxio this kind of awareness of the of the Marvel universe and kind of inserts them in things without actually having the, the adventures that you can buy and read. So I thought that was really well done. Like here's this character who's been there all along. He's had all these adventures. He's seen all this stuff and he kind of knows how to handle it. It gave him more of a sense of, uh, of character and of um, just an ability to be able to navigate these situations that are coming up, which he didn't have before. He was just a buffoon really. The other part that made me laugh so hard, these alien snarks attack and Obnoxio sprays his seltzer bottle in one's eye and, and indicates that it's filled with urine, which is so gross. He's peeing in a bottle and then carrying it around. But then we get kind of this heartfelt, so Deadpool shows up and Deadpool, of course, is going to be Obnoxio's biggest fan. And he he mentions, he's like, oh my gosh, it's Obnoxio. He says, I used to watch him every morning before school. That mental breakdown of his right on national television was... And then editorial references, see Obnoxio, The Fall, a very special graphic novel, Marvel graphic novel, which is just amazing. This character I want to see back. This like disgusting, awful clown guy. This yeah. made me laugh. It's my my favorite easily. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and again, like I said before, it's like here's this, this character who you don't think would ever be successful, but you, they keep talking about things that he's done and had all these crazy adventures. He's had a television show now. Now we know he's had a television show. He's had a, a fun land. He's got a, a burger world. You know, this guy. He, he's, he ran for president. He used to be I a know. state senator. He was raised by hyenas. I know. He's just done it all. And I love it. And the, just the way that they leaned into that, but also made him just a more interesting, compelling I think they kind of reined in a little bit of the crazy, even though he's still crazy in it, you know, and it worked really, really well uh, for this Deadpool book. So, you know, if they could kind of channel that and do more with him, I'd be I'd be down uh, with reading those adventures. The thing from Crazy Magazine that I think is really cool, actually, is I grew up in the 80s. This is pre-internet by a long ways. The idea of a kid writing into a magazine and having Obnoxio the Clown like 
publicly berate them for like answering their letters that would have been fun as a kid to like you you write the grossest things you can imagine and it just rips you to shreds that like interaction with a fictional character do you remember the nostalgia of like back when the x-men like uh different characters would answer the letters on the letter page oh yeah Yeah, you remember that like nightcrawler would answer the letters one month and then it'd be colossus the next i always thought that was so fucking cool as a kid i loved that stuff uh, so yeah, because you have a connection to those characters. And so, and when you're growing up, you kind of think they're like your friends or they're real almost. And, uh, so to get those answers from them is it, it just, it's more, um, I don't know, just that sense of wonder, uh, comes through instead of somebody, uh, like being an editor's answering who you don't know. So a couple years ago, and I just found this today, this is a surprise if you want to go look it up. Uh, there was a television cartoon called Hulk Agents of Smash. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole team of Hulks. It's Hulk, Red Hulk, She-Hulk, A-Bomb, Scar, Son of Hulk. I think that's all of them. And they're on a bunch of crazy adventures. It only ran for two seasons. It's kind of an awful kids cartoon. Ugh, I'm not a big fan. But I found out just this morning that Obnoxio appeared in an episode of Hulk Agents of Smash. So my kids and I watched it with our lunch mm-hmm. today. Uh, I just like two hours ago saw it. So they're off in space. It's uh, they're 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 running through space, and the ship comes across. You don't learn this till the end, but they've like entered a void, referencing the old Defenders character, Null the Living Darkness, which is mm-hmm. a demon that unleashes your biggest fears. And it manifests all of the characters' biggest fears and they come to life on the ship. And like one of one of the Hulks is afraid of technology and one, She-Hulk's afraid of the cold and like all these fears start manifesting. But A-Bomb is afraid of Obnoxio the Clown who he grew up watching on television. And so Obnoxio the Clown, who's drawn just as creepy, yellow teeth, all gross, starts walking around the ship and he's like super gross, like Pennywise honking his nose. There's one point where he starts fighting A-bomb and he does a couple gross things, but there's literally a scene where he vomits up cotton candy, which then wraps itself around A-bomb and like traps him in it for a minute. Oh, wow. And uh, powers. Yeah. And then Null the Living Darkness takes all the fears back into himself and becomes a composite of all their fears. And he's got Obnoxio the Clown's face it's actually really terrible, but the fact that they used these obscure characters in this like Saturday morning cartoon for kids was kind of fun. So if you want to see some Obnoxio in live action, he uh, he's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, unless you have coolerophobia. <laughs> if you have that, then maybe don't. But I do love uh, I do love that uh, that he has powers in there. Yeah, that, that is, it, it kind of brings it back to the beginning of this when I was like when I first read that x-men book i kind of i was waiting for him to drop powers and do something and he never did and uh, now it's i don't know when that cartoon came out but it sounds like like 20 like 2017 yeah yeah it's okay. not long ago so yeah so it would be interesting if they uh progressed him and gave him some abilities or something it's uh i i would enjoy seeing colin bunn bring him back in to another like backup appearance at some awful kid's birthday party but I, the reason I love doing these Patreon episodes almost more than doing the regular podcast is I get to learn and like indelibly associate a whole character's history with like one friend at a time. Uh, this has been an absolute blast to research this awful, awful character with you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, we- it was really fun. It was so cool to kind of see all the different um, issues with with Obnoxio. And I didn't even realize that he had been in. It's only nine issues, but 
still, you know, they've kept him going. And like you said, he's even appeared in a recent issue. So, you know, maybe we'll see him down the road. I, oh, I can guarantee there's more Forbush Man and more of Noxio the Clown in the future of Marvel Comics. People love to go back and do this obscure stuff and work it into the mythos. I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, Marcuson, do you have any final thoughts on Obnoxio? No, no, I, I never knew that I needed to know this much about this disgusting clown, but now I, I feel like I want to know a little bit more. I want to see them do, I would love to see them do like a one shot, a modern day one shot and, uh, just kind of develop this character a little bit more. If it was cool uh, by the right writer. Yeah, if it was done by the right writer, like just capitalizing yeah. on how disgusting this guy is, it could be hilarious. Like he's got some awful divorce and some terrible kid and his real name is something like yeah. Horace Assman or something. <laughs> yeah, great. He's like a disgusting Rick Jones where Rick Jones is like always involved in everything. And they're kind of, they're trying to make him like that. Like you keep getting these hints like, oh, I was abducted by aliens or, you know, I did this with, with, with these characters or whatever. Or you like, like that. Or you like John Wayne Gacy him, right? Like John Wayne Gacy was like the, the birthday clown that was also the serial killer. Like, mm-hmm. like you could do, you could make him the dark, creepy, awful you villain. Could, guy. You could do anything you want with that character because he's so ridiculous and over the top. So he's, you can play him any way you want. He's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Marcus on as we're wrapping up recognize that we're going to drop this on Halloween is there anything you'd like to plug uh, and where can people find you online if they'd like to follow your work uh, yeah I mean by the horns dark earth is coming out now um, the fifth issue just dropped like last week and um, the sixth issue is going to be coming out uh, fairly soon in November so looking forward to Halloween of course um, yeah, I'm on social media. Uh, I'm uh, Darth Son on Twitter, Darth Marcus on on Instagram. You can go to my website, marcuson.com to find out more about me, you know, pick up some of my books. And uh, I also do the Metalheads podcast. If you go to metalheadspodcast.com or just go to any of your favorite uh, for apps for, uh, for podcasts, we're, we're on there. And uh, we interview um, bands and uh, have a good time talking about metal. I have a stack of comics uh, that are crazy magazines in physical form. That I, <laughs> I, not, no I can't believe you bought those physically. <laughs> I, I couldn't, like, find, them, I couldn't find, find them online. online. Uh, oh, man. I should have just sent you mine. I have all of them. Oh, yeah. I, I only bought like five of them, but boy, is that enough? <laughs> um well i uh i will indelibly associate you with many things uh by the horns first and foremost and our episodes we've done together but obnoxio the clown is on my marcus on nasso brain data bank now (laughs) i don't know Uh, if that's good or bad it's wonderful (laughs) i'm smiling the whole time uh you can find gray malkin lane gray malkin pp like podcast on twitter gray malkin underscore lane on instagram i also have started doing tiktok videos we're taking commentary from the podcast and uh, animating it to old images. It's actually really fun. We've got our t-shirt shop up on uh, Tee Public. Uh, right around the time we release this episode, I will be putting out the next episode release after this will be the trial of Havoc, uh, which is gonna be wonderful. I'm recording that this weekend. It's the next episode I'm recording. 
Uh, and our next Patreon episode is the character Wallflower with uh, with my dear friend, uh, Tristan Palmgren. Uh, so uh, we'll watch for everybody. I don't know. That, that was a weird sentence. Everybody watch for what we've got coming out next. Uh, there's a lot of great content and I've got some big announcements coming into the new year with some production changes. Uh, Marcus Naso, thank you, uh, you wonderful human, for spending this time with me. I had a blast. Me too. Thank you for inviting me on, Chad. All right, everybody. We'll see you back here next time on Gray Malkin Lane's Patreon.